and welcome to the RTE Soccer Podcast, uh, Daily World Cup Edition. Mikey Stafford here, joined by Darren Maloney from Doha and James McMahon from the equally glamorous and uh, sun-drenched location of Montrose. How are you, Jim? How's, how's Montrose? I'm good. It's actually it's actually quite bammy in here today. It's actually quite bammy outside. I mean, it's the 26th of November. You you actually think it's the 26th of June, but of course these games should be taking place on the on the 26th of June. But we are where we are. Uh, game I think game 24 is entering its last 25 minutes. Uh, it's not a classic. But, Jesus, uh, no. Oh, there's a goal. Sorry, Lionel Messi just scored an absolute Lionel cracker Messi. from about yeah. 25 yards. Mm-hmm. Something's happened. <laughs> yeah. Dara, how are you? Your stream's slightly behind mine. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet. It's it's on the telly behind me, and yeah. so I haven't seen it. So, um, because I, I'm a little bit behind, even though I'm in the city where the match is taking place. So he got the ball edge of the penalty area, drilled it low on the ground, and that's why he is the goat. Yes. Um, I saw a headline today with people saying goats don't go out in the first round. Um, <laughs> but that could that could just change everything. And like, because I was, you know, it. But I suppose that's the sign of a really good team. And and I, I, I let's see how good they are. You know that they're like Mexico have tried to. How will I put this in a nice way? Physically intimidate them. Um, and like Argentina are quite good at that as well. And um, you know, it hasn't made for free flowing football. No, but what what is free flowing football? But anyway, um, at the end of the day, there's no pictures on how they won the match. They just need to win the match. And you know, listen, I, I, if they can get out of this group and they have him in the team, who knows? Who knows? That, that is um, a fantastic yeah. goal. That is. It, it is. It's just yeah. classic him. What like, one touch and absolutely well and goalkeeper into the goes corner. the correct way, and it's the only place he can put it. Kind of out fab. Listen. Um, that's why he is who he is. Yeah. Although the first half, I thought he looked out of sorts. He was kind of, he was just, as he does, I suppose, look, he's got to conserve energy. He's he's just kind of strolling around, doing his thing and watching everybody else kick lumps out of each other. Um, but that that's a great story. But it's funny. You're, you're, so you, you're there. You're at home in Ireland. I'm here in the city and I'm 30 seconds behind you. So anyway, <laughs> I, won't wa- I won't watch the telly anymore. You'll just tell me what happens. Mike. Uh, no, but Darren, I need you to watch it then because you are obviously there because you can paint a better picture than the rest of us. It's nice oh. to have you have you there to do it. Um, okay. Yeah, so sorry, this podcast, obviously we recorded during the last half hour to seven o'clock match just so we have something to, to react to. And thus far, everybody's always been on a different timed stream. It is a streaming yeah. World Cup. This is the World Cup of um, people of working from home and it, it being on during office hours. And I'd say the GDP of continental Europe has gone through the floor, uh, I would imagine. Um, but Dara, um, we'll keep an eye on this, obviously. Yeah. But, um, the new GOAT, you had the pleasure of watching uh, Kylian Mbappe and not just Kylian Mbappe, because it was it was arguably the game of the tournament, I'd say, so far. France versus Denmark in the unusual Stadium 974. I think the Danes could have done with a 975th container in which to put Kylian Mbappe, and they might have had a chance. Yeah, like we, you know, I, myself and Ronnie were talking about it on the commentary. Like, how do you deal with him? What what do you do? Um, like, you know he's going to get the ball. And okay, you can say, well, stop the delivery of the ball going into him. But, you know, even in the first half, I think he got the ball 15 times and he wasn't playing particularly well. Like just stuff was not happening for him. He tried to he tried to beat his defender, you know, two or three times early on in the first half and he, he just lost the ball. And you're kind of thinking he, he sort of is having a, fr- a frustrating night. And then all of a sudden he just 
he explodes and like i you know to actually see it in uh, yeah i'm sure it comes through on the television obviously but in real you know time to watch him and watch his pace like he is just he's so fast okay dembele is fast too but this guy is just a different world um and he'll get all the headlines you know i think if Giroud does actually break this thierry Henry record mm-hmm. Uh, he won't have it for long because Mbappe will take it from him, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it was just a pleasure to watch him. And I read, listen, I, I suppose game of the tournament, I can't properly judge that because we've only done whatever it is, how many games uh, since it started. And you're watching bits in the background, like I have this thing on now with Argentina, Mexico. And you're this not, isn't the game of the tournament. <laughs> no, but actually maybe the worst game of the tournament. It could be that one. It could be in the, in the opposite category. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it, I really enjoyed the match. And like Denmark played their part in it. Um, and they They've they've kind of had the had the, the sort of France's bogey team this year, beating them twice. Um, but France have just made this, you know, that the what is this last three winners all go out in the group phase, and they just made this look easy. They made it look easy against Australia um, the other night, uh, and having started slowly, conceding the first goal, and just kind of been all over the place. Sorry, that's my phone ringing. Um, so um, so uh, it's it's all a bit. It's all a bit, um, I turned it on silent. They've just been very impressive. Two wins out of two into the last 16, job done. And he can, okay, they haven't officially won the group. And um, I, I, you know, I'd be kind of very much into that, go and get, get that done. And then they can fix the last 16. But, um, you know, uh, they, they will do that, I would I would think. But now it's, now Denmark are in peril. Australia are ahead of them. Yeah, yeah I, I think, Tara, I think it needs to be a six-goal swing for France. Yeah, if, no, absolutely, if Jesse, that, yeah, exactly. And, like, that's that's hugely unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, They've not, you know, listen, when that happens, then they'll officially have won the group. But as of tonight, they haven't. I'd be, you know, mm-hmm. if they haven't won the group tonight, they more or less have, but it's not official. Yeah, yeah, because, Jim, Australia, best win in the world, don't look like a team who are going to score two or three or four and Tunisia don't look like a team. Certainly, we're going to score two or three would or four you, against France. Would you fancy the Danes to beat the Aussies, Dara? Oh God, I don't know. I, I like you know the, Australia. Like, watching them the other night, they're kind of they're a spirited team. They're sort of an ordinary team. They're not the 2006 team. The Tim Cahill, Harry Kuehl, who was sitting beside us the other night, um, and that like listen, that was an exceptional team nearly you know beat Italy in in Germany in 2006 and all that but you know they they're better than the sum of the parts kind of thing um and I I just don't know I think like for them to win today was massive you know because mentally they would have been on the floor conceding four goals it could have been anything and having started so well that was a that's a problem for them um but you just don't know they're they're, like I saw the coach afterwards we did get to see the pictures at the end of him and he was crying on the pitch like tears in his eyes like this is a huge thing and they do not win many matches at world cups so to do that today it doesn't matter who it's against it's a world cup win and sort of all bets are off. You just don't know what's going to happen against Denmark, you know. Mm. To go back to Mbappe and mm. to France, um, the last World Cup, Jim, he unusually, uh, France were in a group with uh, Denmark and Australia as well, and he didn't manage to score against either of them. His only goal in the group stages was against Peru. And I was just thinking about it today, like he was the breakout star of the last World Cup, but they won it, and he was definitely... But he wasn't what he is now. He's 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 now absolutely the talisman, the man the team is built around. Like four years ago, you could make the argument for for Pogba. You could make the argument in Kante was their most important yeah. player. He's twenty three now, Jim, and he is without doubt the most important player on the French team who are 
probably I don't know what the bookies odds are now, but they got to be close to favourites to win it again. Yeah, and, and what is he? He's twenty three, and he probably yeah. hasn't. He probably hasn't reached. He probably hasn't reached his peak yet. You know, I mean, Scary is he likely, I mean, is he likely to be the player of this tournament? Possibly. You know, like quite possibly. You know what I mean? So, and uh, you know, I, I I think France are really pro- probably now in quite in quite a good space, having more or less qualified with one game to go. Uh, but I, I, I would love to see. I would love to be where Dara was today, just watching this specimen in, you know, this flying machine dart up the field. But in, in saying that, Dara, he was a bit off it in the opening forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, I know absolutely. And we said that. Yeah, we, we kind of made that comment that it just wasn't happening for him, and you know, to turn it around and do what he did, because like there were there were sort of stitches in that game for France. You know when. When Christensen equalised, you're kind of oh god, what's 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 on here, you know? Um, but he he just he, he's an incredible athlete. Never mind a footballer, you know. And the, the pace and the power, and you know the the, the two guys on the right hand side from from for Denmark were terrified of him, and yeah. rightly so. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like what what do you do? How do you how do you manage him? Yeah. Um, you know when when there was the, the I think Christensen got booked as well for sort of rugby tackling him, you know, and you're kind of going well. I, I could feel for the defender because it's like, well, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And like, there were the other two centre backs that they were kind of level with him when the foul took place in the first half. But you know, they wouldn't have actually they were ahead of him, um, heading back towards their own goal. But they wouldn't have caught him. You know, like uh, Usain Bolt probably couldn't catch him. But he, he's he's just incredible. And again, it's just such a difference from last year. You know, with the Euros, remember he missed the penalty and he just looked so totally out of sorts, so unhappy, didn't want to be there. Um, you know, and I remember the shots of him, the, the pictures of him after he missed the penalty, and it's just like his world had fallen asunder. Um, yeah. but you hear all the stuff at PSG that maybe that you know who runs the dressing room and all that stuff, and I think that dressing room is probably a mess anyway. Um, it's certainly not the manager who runs it, but um, you know, it is it, he's just such a different character, and he obviously likes being in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the fact that Benzema isn't there, even though the two of them get on and all that stuff and played last year together. But, you know, like Deschamps said, he didn't replace Benzema because he just wants Mbappe to be the main man. And maybe there's a bit of freedom for him in that. And maybe he prefers playing with Giroud and all of that stuff, you know. So Griezmann really good as well after a bad season. You know, he hasn't played very well. But when he starts drifting around the pitch and Denmark didn't know what the hell to do, where was he? And he did that the other day against Australia after after a sticky start. So yeah. he's playing as a... He's playing as a third midfielder, really, Griezmann, which yeah. is an unusual yeah. use of him. It's, it's Deschamps is quite he's he is quite imaginative. He's a lot of talent, probably less than he had four years ago. His bench probably isn't as his squad isn't as deep as it was four years ago. But his starting eleven is arguably stronger than it was four years ago. Yeah, well, Mikey, you look at who's gone out of that team and who who's not available. Um, you know, and all the bad luck they had with the injuries, and even Hernandez the other night doing mm. his ACL. Now his brother was brilliant when he came in and really good tonight as well. He's quick too, getting forward. He was very good, Jared. Yeah, really Hero, good. And, Hero Hernandez, yeah. yeah. Very, very good. But like, look at, you know, Pogba, look, that's a whole debate. We could do six hours on Pogba and we still wouldn't agree. Um, you know, Kante gone out of that team. Um Kim Pembe gone out of that team, you know, like it's just because they probably could have a squad of 40 um, now. And, and Mikey, as you correctly say, it's, it's a bit thinner when you look on the bench, um, like Coman coming on, he's just got over an injury and stuff like that. Varane um, started tonight and they're minding him, you know, like mm-hmm. I thought, missed the World Cup. Remember the tears that day when he came off the pitch and you're going, this fellas, he's out. He's done something serious. So, um, yeah, the squad is not as deep. That's a concern for them. 
They're a bit worried about what right back Pavard didn't start tonight. They put Jules Koundé in there. Um, and they've played him there a few times and it hasn't really worked. Like France have used, I think, 34 players this year. Seven yeah. players were given debuts as well. So, you know, he's <clears> he's kind of fiddling around with it and the results haven't been brilliant, but they've won two out of two and they're in the last 16. Yeah, and Dara, of course, when, when you talk about squad depth, I suppose they don't have the same depth of squad as Brazil, you know what I mean, who really have, you know, and that could be the, the determining factor once we get to the business end. Yeah, like we were saying it the other night, and look, it was just such a, it was such a joy to see. Um, first of all, that stadium is remarkable, the Lucille Stadium where Argentina are playing right now, um, and and just to like to be, we we got the train out there and the metro. Um, I keep calling it the tube, but it's the metro, and out you go, and it's just full of Brazilians and all the you know the singing and dancing and the music and the carnival and not a drop of drink anywhere, and they just they sing and dance and all that stuff, and it it just is great build up to it. Um, I, I remember saying the other night you could probably put Spain, or sorry, Brazil's second team in and they probably would get pretty close to getting to the semi-finals or the final. Like it's the, the depth is that deep. I don't necessarily think he's picked the right team or he has that, you know, you'd like, there's other players you'd like to see in it. Um, but, you know, they're, they're very, very strong. And, you know, maybe the Neymar thing, he's missing the next two games. It may not be that big a deal with the other players that they have there. Like Richarlison the other night, the first half, <laughs> I just didn't get it. Donkey. Um, no, no, I wouldn't say no, that. No, no. You know, um, people have gone to trouble for saying that. Call no, sorry. Before. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I disassociate myself from that comment immediately. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he, <laughs> as I would. But anyway, no. Like, uh, but then he scores like a goal for the ages, a goal that we're going to see. You know, any of these highlights reels that people watch. You know, um, kids were look who are looking at it now, and they're six and seven. They'll be looking at it in forty years' time at that goal. And it was just remarkable. But like the Brazilians are mad about him. They think he's brilliant. Um, I know Tottenham fans might be so sure, Everton fans, etc. But, you know, look, um, they do have great depth in the squad. I think that's probably the deepest squad there. You could make a case for England, although uh, Southgate doesn't seem to want to play any of the guys who are any good. Yeah, yeah. The um, John Stones. A, Phil a, Foden, sorry. Phil Foden, sorry. Sorry, Phil Stones is playing and he's playing quite Stones well. Playing, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Foden <laughs> is on the side of milk cartons and guitar, I think, at this stage. Um, a, a quirk here, Jim. Um, Argentina is still huffing and puffing away 1 0 mm. with about 12, 13 minutes to go. Um, there's a good chance Argentina, despite this win, could finish second in this group. France are likely to top their group, which would mean for the second World Cup in a row, France would face Argentina in the last 16. Indeed. Kind of, It's a weird quirk that there's a good chance three of France's first four opponents will be the same at successive World Cups. Yeah, and if Argentina were, if, if they play Poland next, if they were to win that, that would put them on to six points, assuming they win tonight, put them on to six, Poland with a four I mean, they if they beat Poland, they're probably going through. Would they? Would that be right? Possibly? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, you if know. they hold, if they hold on here, yeah, you could they could win. It's the not, group. it's not the pairing, Mikey, that you probably want in the last sixteen of this tournament. You know, you probably want to keep France and Argentina. Is is there the likelihood that France and England could they could meet? I think in the quarterfinals. I think, but that's just pushing it, pushing it further down the road to see what would happen. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Um. We'll move on for the Mbappe show because I think we're going to be talking about him again during this tournament. Let's be honest. Um, and another uh, famous forward who's uh, who got a goal finally. 
Uh, you probably didn't see it there. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Robert Lewandowski uh, was in tears on the ground after he scored, finally scored, gifted a goal by the poor Saudi Arabia defence. Um, but um, honestly, it took him about 30 seconds. It, it actually looked like he was praying to Mecca. He was like on his knees with his hands out in front of him and the whole team, they, they, they kind of left him after a while. They're like, I think the celebration's finished, Robert. And yeah. he, just, he just lay there. It must be such a relief for him because, you know, one of, the, one of the great strikers of his generation and it was just like this albatross around his neck. But did I hear today? Oh, you see, we were in the press center looking at it. I did mm. see him score. I did see the, the pictures of him uh, crying and all that sort of thing. And um, there's no I in team, but there is an M and an E. Let's just throw that in there. <laughs> um, but, you know, listen, for he's a remarkable striker. He's had a remarkable career. Um, he loves playing for his country. Like I remember him scoring several there was one goal in particular he scored against us i think in 2015 in warsaw like a brilliant yeah. kind of bullet yeah like it just that. He, he's exceptional um he's an incredible player um there's great connection with the polish public it appears too um but it is kind of staff that that was his first world cup goal or you know that today um but yeah look now he's got that off his back maybe maybe you know things will be, be very different but um but poland are a good team you know and that there's when you have him in there, um, it doesn't matter what sort of form he's in, get him the ball, there's always a chance that he'll score a goal. So, uh, yeah. yeah, look, he, he's another big, he's a huge name in world football, never mind European football. Um, and, you know, they're the sort of players you want to see thriving in this competition. And, 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 it's, and it's probably his final World Cup as well, Dara. So, like, this was... Ah, yeah, yeah. Like, he'll be at least 60 by the time the next one comes around. That's right. <laughs> also, also, a shout out for the Polish keeper, Chesney. Yeah. Uh, he saved a penalty, but then the rebound came. You probably remember, I was only, I probably wasn't even born, when Jim Montgomery saved that great penalty for Sunderland against Leeds in the 73 Cup final. You, you, you might remember it, or Dara, but, you know, it was acrobatic stuff. David Coleman thought the ball was in the net, but it, not quite Jim Montgomery, but great acrobatics to keep that ball out today. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. He made a, he made a couple of other really remarkable saves. Um, he's only 32 still, and this is about his fourth or fifth major yeah. tournament. And he is, he's, his penalty records are remarkable, but just in general, he is, if you have one of them at one end and uh, the other at the other end, um, fill in the gaps. And yeah, it could be, it could be a very high stakes game between them and Argentina now um, in their final in their final game. Uh, Mexico heading the ball towards the Argentina goal, but Martinez gathered it easily there. They're um, they're not offering a whole lot here. Mexico. I haven't seen that bit. Yes, you have to ruin it for me. Oh, no, it wasn't that much. <laughs> it was just that we were mentioning Argentina. I thought I better mention this game. That's, oh, you're right. You're right. It, it's, this game is suffering away in the background. Um, the other games that speaking of suffering way in the background, I, I I was keeping an eye on Australia and Tunisia this morning, Jim. I don't know if you had the had the pleasure. No, I was uh, well, I was partially on my way into work, but um by all accounts, Australia probably got the better of it in a game that probably won't be remembered. Um Tunisia had a couple of chances later on, but yeah, uh, yeah, I I but I think by all accounts the Aussies deserved it and they now face the Danes with a chance of getting through to the last 16. Probably wouldn't have thought that beforehand, you know. Yeah, no, they have a good chance. And the, in fairness, to, to score against Tunisia is an achievement, Dara. I was looking at it. Um, outside of, I think, a 7-1 or 7-2 loss to Brazil, uh, out of their last 10 games, they kept nine clean sheets. So any goal against Tunisia is a collector's item. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I did see the goal and it was a lovely goal. Um, that was a great header. Beautiful. Yeah, header. You can't you can't help but be uh, delighted for them. Um, you know, there, there, there is a, 
there's a very strong football culture in, in Australia and it competes with so many other sports. It's way off being the number one sport. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, look, they're, they're brilliant. You can't, um, you can't sort of, you know, uh, but feel happy for them. And like Denmark are in, in a mess. Um, this, this whole thing now that conceding that late goal um, and you know I would have I would have most people would have had France and Denmark getting out that group you know France obviously but the Danes yeah you know we because we know them so well <laughs> we're so used to to uh, suffering at, at the, the hands of uh, Christian Eriksen and company so um, you know it, it, uh, it's it's right in the mix and that is a massive game for both of them no, yeah, there's. I, I think there's going to be some. I suppose history games coming up next week, Dar. I mean, you got Iran against the States, Poland against Argentina. You know, Denmark against look, Australia, and God knows maybe after tomorrow. Yeah, like yeah, we're doing Spain and Germany tomorrow night. Like that's oh, just. I mean, that's just bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's look at tomorrow's games then. Yeah, and let's start with the last one. Hmm. Um, Dar, Germ- Germany. I think out their last eight tournament games they've lost five and they've won two um they obviously last world cup was a disaster and they were very unconvincing in the euros they kind of you know kind of stumbled along until england put them out of their misery um you'd wonder what it is like like, nobody was talking about this i mean it's not like a massive shock i don't think that they're well it'll be a shock if they go out with a game to spare but um no one was talking them up really but they're a football powerhouse they have one of the top three or four leagues in in europe and Bayern me just thinks are Bayern munich becoming a massive problem for german football i, I don't know whether it's kind of the you know the lack of competition yeah. in the league is, is an issue or, or what it is because when you look at this like they're not reaching the some of their parts i would say at the moment yeah. I, I can't figure it out I'm, I'm amazed i was stunned as everybody else was the other night um you know to, to i suppose having been in japan 20 years ago for that world cup and and they made it out of the group and got into the last 16 and um you know but they, they were kind of to, to at a major tournament to think of japan beating germany you're going nah that's not going to happen and it did and i i don't know like i know Didi called out um uh some of the german attitude and thought they were kind of lazy and all that stuff you know and um took things for granted and there was a bit of showboating as well that he made comment about and like that all probably plays into into it but that's not the 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 germans don't do that and i suppose maybe we have this cliche about the germans do tournaments and you know uh, they do tournaments so well and they know about staying together and actually we were walking out of the ground tonight jürgen klinsmann was ahead of us um, he's over here working for FIFA, doing some technical analysis stuff. Um, and, you know, you're thinking of him, like go back to 2006 when he took that team, which was a really ordinary team that people didn't rate at all. Ordinary is unfair, but what I mean is the public didn't have a connection with them. They were kind of, in, they were like, oh God, we're hosting this tournament and we're not sure how it's going to go. We could be embarrassed. And should they get all the way to the last four? But he kind of started that thing and, and Yogi, Joachim Löw uh, was with him and in, in that tournament and you know they built up this team spirit and they the the uh they put a lot of thought into where they stayed and where the camp was and you know it was all about relaxation staying away from the public pressure like it was all you know uh, mindfulness and wellness and all that stuff long before it's time um and you just didn't you don't expect them to be in this kind of mess oh Hansi Flick uh Jim today quite interesting he did his mm-hmm. press conference all on his own while I'm talking, sorry, uh, Argentina just gone two 0 up. Enzo Fernandez has curled in a lovely goal from the edge of the area. So um, Mexican fans looking very depressed in the crowd. Anyway, um, yeah, Jim, he did his press conference all on his own because the Germans are based about two hundred, uh, hundred kilometers north in Qatar. Uh, 
around if it's the map of Wexford around Arklow or uh, Inch and uh, he didn't want to bring a player down to this central media centre where they're doing all the media which is kind of odd instead of doing it in the stadium um, but then Germans will also be uh, people will be thinking maybe the German players didn't want to talk after their protest ahead of the last game but he's, he's a man under pressure um, and as Darren said you know he's a proven winner so but Germany they're coming up against a team who you know scored seven goals in their last game and look terribly impressive and you'd imagine the Spanish would revel revel in putting the Germans out of the tournament as well yeah I mean we were talking the other night on the podcast about a possible golden generation of Spanish players coming up uh, yeah I mean I think they would love nothing more than to put the Germans up but it's funny Mikey sometimes in tournament football how the first round match can be so different to the second mm. match so you probably would expect the Germans to have a big response tomorrow um, I saw pictures of them there in training. It seemed quite like a happy camp. Everybody was smiling and all that. But just to go back to the points that earlier we, we were making about Germany, I mean, they seem to lack that German e efficiency, that being able to grind out games. You know what I mean? Like the, the other day, like, I mean, they controlled that match against Japan for about 60 minutes. There was only one team in it. There was only one team looked like winning it. Then Flick made some substitutions. He took off that uh, young Bayern Munich player, mm, Luciana. Yeah, and before he knows it, his team are 2-1 down. And, you know, a German team possibly of old might have struck in the 89th minute for an equaliser, but the, the Germans don't seem to have that kind of uh, graft and, and that kind of I mean, Cliff Thorburn-like snooker-esque <laughs> way of, you know, like grinding things out. Uh, so I think it, it would be a huge shock for a big footballing power if they were to exit a World Cup finals at the group stage for the success of time. You know, that's very likely. And then really to have no real competitive games until the host, the, the next Euros in June of 24. Yeah. Uh, there's German football fans listening to this podcast now furiously Googling Chris Cliff Thorburn to figure out what the hell you've just said. Uh <laughs> Master, I think he was known as Master Grinder. Was he was he known as the grinder? I think he was, but I think you I think you're right. Um so yeah, look, that that's that is a huge game. Um it's it's gonna be fascinating. Uh Darry, you're lucky enough to be at that one. We'll look forward yeah. to it. The other the other Belgium, Morocco, uh Japan, Costa Rica are um you know, Belgium really need to bounce back. But the other game that interests me there is Croatia v Canada. And uh, it's all it's all kicking off with this one um, ahead, of, ahead of the match. John Herdman obviously was heard, heard um, uh, in his kind of pre-match or uh, post-match huddle with the Croatian players saying that they were going to um, F Croatia in their next game. And uh, he repeated it actually literally saying F Croatia, you know, okay. leaving out the expletive in his press conference. And it's gone down like a lead balloon in Croatia. The Croatian manager mentioned it, said that to, to put those words together with us is kind of disrespectful. You know, you should be showing more respect to your opponent. And one of the Croatian tabloids has mocked him up. I don't know if you saw this, the front page of one of the Croatian tabloids. He's head to toe naked with just a maple leaf flag over his mouth and a maple leaf flag, very small maple leaf flag yeah. in his crotchal area. And, yeah. um, you know, kind of, they're yeah. kind of saying now, can you, can you, can you can you back up what you're saying kind of put put your money where your mouth is but uh the croatian vernacular of that so um this is the grudge we didn't know we needed croatia versus canada <laughs> look um and, and and i suppose look in in 
I know if that was if that was somebody playing Ireland and you know how sensitive we are about our team, uh, we'd be just as upset as mm. our friends in Croatia um, are about that. I suppose in defense of Herdman, he did not know he was being recorded. Um, you know, the camera just appears. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he didn't know um, if there's a huddle afterwards and stuff. And we have uh, every match here has that spider cam, which is astonishing. Mm. Um, I was looking at it today going, God, if that falls on somebody's head. But anyway, they've, the health and safety people here are really impressive. So, um, you know, they're, they're won't be a problem but yeah look I, I you know Herdman has has built an incredible bond with that team because not so long ago the whole thing was a mess a real mess um, now look they may not get out of the group I know all of that stuff uh, but you know there's a lot of there was a lot of pressure there is a lot of pressure on Canada because they're one of the hosts in four years time so you know that team needs to be up to scratch and they do have um, a lot of young talent coming through really exciting players as well as some of the more established ones so um, no I'd be a fan uh, I think that's unfortunate for him uh, but of course listen that you know paper never refused ink and I can I can understand where Croatia are coming from for sure uh, yeah but Jim Canada they look like a cracking team from one to ten, shall we say, or whatever, whatever way you want to put it. But like, they just they need someone who can put the ball in the net because what was it, 14, yeah. 14 shots I think in the first half. 14, 14 shots in the first half, twenty one shots overall. All they needed the other night they were just missing that decisive pass in the penalty area, and and for somebody to stick the ball in. But I've never seen a team maybe at recent. I'm trying to go back to see to remember a team that won a match at the World Cup, but in no way did they deserve to win that match. You know, sometimes a team can get lucky, but maybe it's a sign that the Belgians, that that golden generation of the Belgians is probably now truly on the wane, maybe despite Kevin De Bruyne sheepishly getting his man of the match awarded, his stardom and his class on the pitch. Um, so this is a, maybe this is the, maybe this is the final tournament of that batch of players that came through in qualifying. Yeah. 2014. Yeah, but look, don't don't talk to me about the player of the match. I did want to mention this. There's been some crackers. Gareth Bale got man of the match against the USA. Um, that 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 was a gem. Luka Modric got man of the match against Morocco. It was you know, I suppose somebody had to get it. Kevin De Bruyne had himself admitted it was pretty funny. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo got it against Ghana. Um, so I've I've got to the bottom of it, uh, Dara. It's it is voted for on the FIFA Plus website. So basically. Uh, if there is one of the global superstars playing in a game, unless they get sent off and set the referee on fire, they're probably going to get man of the match. So what are we saying here now? So because Messi is playing in this match that is still ongoing, um, and you'll find out 30 seconds before Messi this. <laughs> Actually, this game, the probably, game is now over. It's yeah, he'll, probably win, he'll probably win man of the match. I think he was going to win it. Even if Mexico had won 8-0, Messi was probably going to win man of the match. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the, the, the internet strikes again, and it's all just, um, it's all a giant conspiracy. Yeah, uh, yeah I was, I wondered, I thought it was some kind of technical group from FIFA who were at the games. I've, I've heard that before at some of the UEFA mm. tournaments where they would select the, the the player of the match you know um listen that's that's remarkable for argentina looking at that first half you're thinking okay towards the end of the half argentina did start to pin mexico back but you're looking at it going this is they, they you know the first half an hour of the match i'm looking at um argentina thinking they're goosed they're done you know messi strolling around um and he has inspired them to uh come back again yeah no it is um and I think we we need them in the tournament. You you do oh, yeah. like your you, you you like your shocks in the group stages, but if you get too many shocks, you you know you're gonna end up with Brazil Brazil versus Tunisia in a quarter final, which all no all credit to Tunisia, nobody really wants that. 
um, either. So kind of it, like Roy Kane there. Um, <laughs> you want it's a happy you need you want a happy medium. You, you you want the little guy to have their you know have their time in the sun. If you're a neutral, like we are, like we have no skin in the game. You exactly. want you you want yeah. your shocks, but you also want the best eight teams in the world in the quarterfinals. Yeah, Mikey, we we probably don't want France v Argentina in the last sixteen. Yes, yeah, that that could do with that. Well, Dara, I'm conscious of the time there, so I just uh, the last time we spoke to you, you were probably a bit jet lagged and had just arrived and hadn't seen yeah. much outside of your hotel. I'm wondering, you know, what are your impressions of Qatar? What do you make of this tournament? Because oh. The headlines aren't really going away, but at the same time, as expected, the football is probably outweighing the other headlines at the moment. But I'm reading, you know, I'm reading about, uh, sorry, I was listening to a podcast, the uh, the News Agents podcast, the, um, the the artist formerly known as Newsnight, who now have got, left the BBC. Very say, good. Yeah, it is very good. But one, uh, one of the presenters was saying how a source goes to the Qatari royal family three or four days into the World Cup said, Gosh, I wish this World Cup would just end. What have we? What have we got ourselves into? We've shone a spotlight on ourselves. Now they just really want it all to go away. I'm wondering, do you get any sense of that on the ground? Yeah, to be honest, no. Um, like, I, I, some, you know, I'd love to meet the the man or woman who is the event manager for this because I suppose as time goes on, now I still haven't seen. I've seen. Um, you're talking about jet lag and all this. So it wasn't jet lag, but just kind of the, the three hour time difference is quite disconcerting. So, you know, now it's just hit midnight. It's nine o'clock where you guys are. Um, and it is, it is weird, but you know, look, they're, they're fine tuning things as they go along. The organization um, is, is getting better. Not that it was bad in the first place, but you know, they're, they're just kind of like, there's always hiccups. Those stations. Exactly. Yeah. Now, nothing disastrous, but you know, like they're just kind of, they're, they're fine tuning things. Like I've been at uh, several of the grounds twice and, you know, you can see where they've improved things as it goes along to just like, as I say, it was working well, but just to make it better. Um, you know, look, I've, I've been working every day since I've got here. So, uh, you know, take out the world's smallest violin and all that stuff, but no, <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, and I get to see all these incredible players in these incredible stadiums and these fantastic matches. So this is kind of bucket list stuff, you know, but um, no, like I, I haven't seen anything much outside the football and the hotel and the train station and the odd bus and stuff. We've taken some fan buses. Like, if you have a ticket for the match, you're entitled to get on these buses. Uh, we, we have a kind of hub near us here and they bring you to the stadium and then they bring you back home again. So, you know, the level of organization is really good. I, I don't know anything about what the, the Qatari um, member of the Qatari royal family said. That may well be the case. But, you know, they would have known, listen, you're going to have you're going to have the world looking at you for the month. And like that's what they wanted. That's why they bid for this. And like I'm walking around looking at the way this is organized and thinking the next thing they'll go for is the Olympic Games, you know? Um, and I think it's just a natural because the travel distances are very are, are convenient. Now it's sometimes it's not, you know, you you have vast amounts of people. Like the Lucille Stadium last night, we had eighty thousand people basically going through a metro station, and we still managed to get home in an hour. And it was wow. incredibly well organized. Now, not everybody was on the metro. That mm. is an exaggeration. But what what the what the locals have been told to do is to drive to the games and let the uh, visitors from from outside the state uh, use the buses and use the metro. So you know, and the metro was basically just built for this tournament. Um, and it it's very impressive. Uh, brand spanking new. Loads of stewards everywhere. There's volunteers. At like every five feet when you go along from all over the world lots of americans working on the kind of event management side uh, we just noticed from the accents but you know look i have not seen anything but good things everywhere we go 
people are saying welcome to Qatar. Now, you, you know, we're easy to pick out because you have the accreditation thing on and, you know, you'd be nice to the media and all that stuff. Not that I have any influence, power or whatever, but I suppose the very fact that I'm sitting here talking to you, Mikey and James, and saying like everywhere we go, it's, you know, welcome to Qatar. Do you like our country? Is everything okay for you? Can we make things better? Um, you know, once you get inside the stadiums, it's the FIFA people who are running that and UEFA, I suppose, as well. You know, people from all over the world who are used to running big football matches. So that that side of it doesn't change. You have the host broadcaster, like it's a massive operation. It really is incredible. And they're using every stadium every second day. So like it's all, it's just kind of quick fire. We're back, we're at Al Bites tomorrow for Spain and Germany, which is kind of the furthest uh, journey we have to do from here, which I think is like 50 kilometers. Mm. But that's, you know, having been in, Having been in Austria and Switzerland in 08, Germany, Japan, Korea, you know, where you, you're flying between, uh, on, yeah. you're taking a flight a day, then Germany was the World Cup done on trains, you know, from one end of the country to the other. This is the, the World Cup done in a metro, and it's never been done before on this smaller scale. Um, and it's, you know, I couldn't fault it up to now. I know that, listen, there are still, of course, massive issues with uh, workers' rights, uh, with human rights, LGBTQI community, etc. Um, the Welsh fans having the hats, the rainbow hats taken off them. Now that supposedly has been uh, rectified in that FIFA are saying whoever mm. wants to bring a hat in or a flag can do that. I haven't seen any evidence that that has actually worked, but I know Noel Mooney from the Welsh FA was very involved in the discussions with FIFA. So, you know, these issues will continue to come up. Um, I've met very few Qataris, I would think. Now, I haven't met that many people, but everybody in the hotel is from outside the country. Um, people cleaning the room, the bar staff, the restaurant staff, the people at breakfast in the morning. Uh, because it is like, you know, I think, is there are there 400,000 Qatari citizens Something and like the, that, other, yeah. the other three million are from from outside the country and they've come here to work and make this place their home so yeah um, it yeah, makes you wonder yeah it makes you wonder about that metro which has been built as obviously a mass transit system to carry 80,000 people to a stadium yeah. um who's going to use it in, in four weeks well, time yeah, I, we, we've been having and like who's going to use a lot of the stadiums and I can't give you an exact number but you know various places um various stadiums are being the capacity has been reduced some of them are being taken i think six down. out of eight are being either taken down or yeah, reduced never, significantly exactly yeah. like lucille um they're, they're going to reduce the capacity down to 40 donate the other half of the seats to other places nine seven uh, nine seven four across the road from here that like, it's an amazing thing they just built it all out of these shipping containers right you know it, it really is remarkable but you can see how they they're going to be able to take that down there's not much to it you know mm. even like even the steps they have instead of you know steps going up to the commentary position it's like every second step is is there and then they've gaps it's like we don't want to waste any more concrete and stuff the the place where we were yesterday the name escapes me that's a recycle they use like 80 percent of the what the stadium that was there to build the new one you know all of this stuff mm. uh, no i don't know about carbon neutral i'm not an expert on that but um you know look it is it's been very good so far and very impressive. And everybody here has been very nice, notwithstanding all the other issues and those six and a half thousand people um, over the last 12 years who've yeah. lost their lives. Build, not building the stadiums, which was the, the error that was made by by people, which was natural enough, but on all the infrastructure since the World Cup was, was given yeah. to the guitar. And Darren, and I don't think it'll be forgotten. Just quickly, Darren, have, have they actually added seats to the stadiums? Is that why... No, sixty-four thousand people in the sixty thousand. I know. Yeah, no. I remember watching a documentary. What's actually happened is, so I, I watched a documentary about Lucille uh, before I came out, 
and I think there are actually close to 90,000 seats there, but the official capacity is 80, right? Because you normally have, you see it in the Aviva, you know, with the seat kills where they have, yeah, they, they would they would block off various parts of the, of the stadium. You know, there might be obstructed views or it might be to do with advertising hoardings or camera positions or whatever. But what has happened is uh, here, they, they've had not tickets returned, but maybe because the, the media, like the media presence asked, like that Brazil game the other night was ridiculous. There was, yeah, a, a media center the size of an aircraft hangar, right? And it was jammed, wedged, photographers, like they're the big draw. It's That's just the way yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and the place was absolutely wedged. So at some other grounds, they, the media aren't taking up um, as much of their allocation of tickets as at other grounds. Like when we were doing the match this evening in 974, like there were, there must have been about 300 people walked by me as the match started and they're going up to these they call them observer seats for rights holders and all that stuff that up behind us and then when the before the match finished and they missed the best part they left about 15 minutes before the end but you know you, you've, you've all um i i'd say i had hundreds of people kind of filing by my left shoulder we were on the edge of a row in the commentary position and they were all leaving so it, it's to do with that media stuff um i know the capacity thing is weird and like the, the match today was forty six thousand, even though the, the i think the official capacity is 40 so yeah. you know it, it is weird but they, they've been they've put in far too many seats in all of these stadiums as i say lucille ninety thousand seats is the exact number or more or less the exact number but the capacity is 80 so it, it gives them that leeway you know okay. okay um okay well that was very informative point on which to finish dara so we'll say uh -huh. thank it wouldn't be like me to do that <laughs> we'll quickly we're ahead excellent summary dara yeah. um J jim thank you very much dara thank you very much Cheers. um Cheers. we'll be back tomorrow just a reminder obviously i think most people are aware that says you can watch every game live on rte2 and rte player and for the simultaneous games in the next week you can watch one of them on the rte news channel okay um we will be back tomorrow and we'll chat to you then thank you very much good luck Let's go! Oh,